Blog Talk Radio. Shalom. Today, we're going to um, change pace a little bit. Uh, we uh, we spent a few weeks talking about the ch- childhood of Jesus, Joseph, Mary, and uh, many other things that we discussed. And um, we were in the Christmas season when we started it or close to it, and then uh, we continue for a little bit, as we said we would. Now, I want to change pace a bit now, because we are entering a um, a very uh, special season, if, if I may say so, and uh, the storm is almost upon us, and... Um, the Lord has been dealing with me, and I have been thinking about these things, how to prepare for these things that are coming, what is coming. People need to be aware of these things, because the majority of the people out there, you're not ready. <clears throat> you think you are ready, but you're not ready. And... uh I'm not just talking about physical preparation, okay? I'm not just talking about preparation, phys- uh, preparing physically. I'm talking about pre- preparing spiritually. And um, the people that are keeping up with the news, the alternative news media, they are pretty much um, being prepared mentally for the things that are happening and are not coming because you know these things, right? You listen to all the the podcasts out there dealing with this subject, you know, this and that subject and this and that. And, and so you keep up to date, right? Okay, fine. However, that alone is not going to cut it, and you know that. And then there's the other group that prepares mentally by listening to information, but, and then also they prepare physically. However, that also is not going to be enough. Okay? I'm not, I'm not saying that people should not prepare uh, physically or mentally for these things by taking physical precautions. But, you know, because it does make sense to have a supply of food and water <clears throat> on hand. And take any other precautions that God leads you to do. And uh, there are, of course, Proverbs, like Proverbs uh, chapter 22, verse 3 says, A prudent man foresees evil and hides himself, but the simple pass on and are punished. And um, also in Proverbs 27, verse 12, it says similar things. So, the Word of God tells us to do this, and so, you know, the Word of God has wisdom in it. <clears throat> but the kind of preparation that I was thinking about, and the Lord has been dealing with me about, is a spiritual preparation. And um, there's a scripture in Isaiah chapter 32 that says, 
And man shall be as a hiding place from the wind, and a covert from the tempest, as rivers of water in a dry place, as the shadow of a great rock in a weary land. Now, if the only preparation that people are doing out there, I'm talking about many of you, okay? The only preparation you're making for the future is your personal, is for your personal security. You're going to be in very difficult times when these things happen. Because the bottom line is this. I'm going to share some things with you real quick, and then I'm going to talk about another subject, which is very important. But just think about this, and I was thinking about this the other day. How much, how much can you stockpile, and for how long? And again, I'm not saying it's, 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 it's not good to have some food supply. <clears throat> it is good. It, is good it, is, it makes common sense to have a few months' supply of food, medicine, and you know, water, and things of that nature right? To have a generator, to have some fuel, it's, it's, it's all good. It's, we, we need that. But what I'm, what I'm saying is, for how long we're going to store? For a year? For two? What if the hard times last three years? What if it lasts more? What if it lasts eight, ten, twelve more years? What if it lasts a long time? Look at Cuba. Cuba, people thought that it was going to last for a few years, and <laughs> it has now gone on in 60 years plus. So what I'm trying to say is that, that there is no possible fail-safe way to prepare for what is coming because we just don't know. We, know, we don't know the details of things. And so that should never be our main focus. So the main focus that we need to be dealing with at this time is spiritual preparation, which is getting our heart in order, dealing with sin, calling on the Lord, trusting in Him and in His Word, building up your faith, and so forth and so on. And so if we do those things, we're going to be able to face depressions. We're going to be able to face loss. We will be able to face uh, privations, calamities, uh, disasters all over. And, uh, and so this is, this is what we need to be aware of. And this, these are some of the things that we need to know. And, um, and so... Um, we must remember that God made a covenant. God made a covenant with man. And we have to rely on those covenants that he made. And, um, and we're going to need it. We're going to need it desperately for the things that are coming, folks. We're going to need it desperately. And uh, there are things that I, we just are not going to be able to, to control and deal with. And... Um, I'm going to be sharing some of these things today, and then we'll be, you know, going back and forth uh, in the next several lessons. Now, we're going to switch pace here, and we're going to go from Revelations Beyond the Veil to Messages from Beyond the Veil. Messages from Beyond the Veil. And um, because I'm going to be sharing some messages with you, I'm going to be talking to you a bit, as well as sharing some information with you. But, you know, uh, I was watching a video, actually a couple of videos yesterday, and um, from different parts of the, of the world, from here, from the United States, and, um, and also from, um, from China. And I saw something that really startled me. You know, recently they had, there has been this Arctic... Uh, blasts coming from the North Pole that has been horrific. The cold has been horrific. 
And I was watching in parts of the United States how the cattle, you know, in some of those states where this thing really came down hard on the midsection, the middle of the of the states of the United States, and I saw cattle that were frozen, standing up, they were frozen, frozen. They were not moving. They were dead, frozen in place. And, you know, and, and what came to my mind was, you know, do, do you remember those uh, those uh, prehistoric elephants? The, 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 I can't remember what they were called. Remember that they were found frozen, dead, with uh, with vegetation in their mouths? And I, I started thinking about that, and I said, wait, wait a minute. This happened during a great catastrophe in the past, and yet this is happening now. This is happening now, people. It's happening now. And in China, I saw the same thing in China. Hundreds and hundreds, I don't know, maybe more than hundreds of cattle in China, frozen, dead, all over. And I don't think this has ever happened like this before. Maybe you, 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 we may have seen maybe a, a couple of, you know, cattle, maybe a few, you know, that, 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 that froze, you know, and died. But this, what I saw, what I saw really was shocking. Lots of cattle just frozen, stiff, in place. And uh, anyway, it just got me thinking. I don't know. This may have happened recently. I don't know. I'm not aware of it. I have never seen it in my, what, 40-plus years of ministry. I have never seen this. Never. So, again, uh, it may have happened, but I, I don't know about it. I don't know of any event like that in my lifetime. And yet it's happening now. And so the other thing that happened was I, what came to my memory was that movie. Remember that movie that came out some years ago, The Day After Tomorrow? And it is about an event that happened like that where uh, the whole northern hemisphere of the United States froze. And the government was telling the people to go south to Mexico. And uh, but the people up north, they said they were not going to be able. It was too late. So all of these things started coming to my mind as I was watching this uh, these two videos. And uh, the other thing that came to my mind is um, Planet X, Nibiru. This is the kind of event that causes those things, folks. And, um, you know, the, the, the per Percival Lowell was most well known for talking about Planet X. He built a private lab uh, uh, observatory in Arizona at the end of the 19th century. And he called this hypothetical planet, Planet X. And he started searching for it without success. He started searching for Planet X uh, at the end of 1919, uh, 19, uh, 1909, but in 1913, he began a second search. And, um, but still was not able to find it. He searched in vain. And um, so after that, there were, of course, more powerful observatories that were built, and uh, scientists discovered, okay, that Planet X was a brown dwarf, a brown dwarf, which means it it does not emit, it does not emit uh, light of its own, and it it does not reflect light very well. It absorbs light. It doesn't uh, re reflect it. And so, um, this this is how we know now that you know why planet Earth was uh, planet uh, uh, X was not able to be seen before with telescopes. They couldn't see it. They couldn't find it 
because it has the only way to see is with this special lenses, infrared lenses that allows the the, the person go, looking through the telescope to see it. This is why they build that special observatory in uh, in Arizona. The Vatican did called it Lucifer, <laughs> and um, and so. There is there is uh, a lot of history about this. I'm going to share some things with you, okay? And um, because there is a theory, and I have talked about this many times, that Atlantis, okay, and the ancient Egyptians, okay, uh, they they saw that, and I have shared from the book of the Colburn how the Egyptians they wrote down historical uh, facts and notes from that event during the Exodus. But um, Atlantis is referred to as the lost uh, continent. <clears throat> and there was a Greek historian, a philosopher named Solon, who lived in Athens between 639 and 559 B.C. And uh, what the Egyptian priests and uh, were telling this Greek man, uh, this Greek historian Solon was that many civilizations okay throughout history of our planet have been wiped out by a recurring uh, catastrophe they they also found out and they told Solon the Greek historian that uh, these civilizations not only were not only destroyed there were written records left as well and uh, so the Egyptians then went on to tell Solon about one such destroyed a civilization called Atlantis. <clears throat> and I've talked about this in times past. And there were a, a number of uh, islands that sat on the Atlantic Ocean. That's where the name Atlantic Ocean comes from, from Atlantis. And... Uh, that sat in the Atlantic Ocean out beyond the Pillars of Hercules, which when you hear the Pillars of Hercules, it refers to the Strait of Gibraltar, right there by, you know, Portugal, Spain, right there. See, the priests said that the Atlanteans had become rich and very powerful civilization, but they became very arrogant and very warlike. So they began to invade other cultures, in the Mediterranean and uh, and even sometimes to the area of Egypt itself and so <clears throat> then well while this was going on there began to happen unusual events on the earth Man, very very many earthquakes floods with little warning no warning whatsoever and so Atlantis, according to the historian Solon, began to be struck with uh, all of these things and engulfed by, the, you know, the, the, the waves of the ocean. And it began to be covered by the waves of the ocean, never to be seen or heard from again. And so, it says, the, the Egyptian priests... They, uh, they mentioned about the, the destruction of Atlantis, and this is what they said. The catastrophe must have escaped the notice of future generations because as a result of the devastation for many generations, the survivors died with no power to express themselves in writing. These Egyptian uh, priests also told Solon, that the destruction of Atlantis took place violently and suddenly. He says the islands disappeared, all disappeared due to the earthquakes, the floods in a grievous day and night. You know that kind of reminds me of uh, <laughs> there is uh, there are scriptures in the Word of God that talk about uh, suddenly. Okay, 
suddenly and sudden destruction. And uh, you know uh, why, why? You know, and and the question I have is why is that word there used sudden destruction? As in First Thessalonians, when they shall say peace and safety, sudden destruction cometh upon them as travail upon a woman with child, and they shall not escape. Um, I don't know. I I just I'm just sharing what I just you know, struck me when I read that word suddenly, um, violently. So these accounts from Solon and the demise of Atlantis. These are not the only records of the cataclysms. Uh, the Egyptians wrote a lot of uh, data regarding this. There is an uh, the museum of uh, the museum of Leiden in the Netherlands in 1920 in 1828 got a copy of an ancient text known as Ipuwer Papyrus. It describes the massive cataclysm that struck Egypt thousands of years ago. And uh, and so there's uh, of course the culbring the culbring which I have read from numerous times in this program this platform that we have uh, it talks about that it talks about that. so so uh, over two thousand years ago the noted Greek historian Herodotus also said the scribes of Egypt maintained that four times the earth in its movements reverse itself so that the sun shifted and rose where it formerly set and set where it formerly rose <laughs> you know what that is folks that's a pole shift now all pole shifts are not the same sometimes they are slow rolls sometimes they're fast There's other cultures also that have recorded uh, great cataclysms striking Egypt, ancient Egypt in the past. There's um, there are legends uh, known as Jingsberg's uh, Jing, legends, and they state that an exceedingly strong wind endured seven days, and over the fourth, fifth, and sixth day, the darkness was so dense that they, the people of Egypt, could not stir from their places. The darkness was of such nature that it could not be dispelled by artificial means. In other words, uh, <laughs> if you struck a match, it wouldn't it wouldn't do any good. If you would have spotlights, it wouldn't do any good. The light of the fire was either extinguished by the violence of the storm, or else it was made invisible and swallowed up by the density of the darkness. Nothing could be discerned. None were able to speak or hear. Thus, they remained overwhelmed by the affliction. Now, this is coming from another source other than the Bible. However, the Bible also talks about this darkness. Uh, the Bible talks about this darkness, and uh, you know, uh, this. I mean, this thing is like I said before. It's like a puzzle, and you have to, you have to have patience, and you have to be able to put all the pieces together. Uh, in the Book of Exodus, let's try to put some of these pieces together now. And then I'll leave you some pieces for you to put together. Exodus chapter 10, verse 21, it says, And the Lord said unto Moses, Stretch out your hand toward heaven, and there may, that there may be darkness over the land of Egypt, even darkness which may be felt. And Moses stretched forth his hand toward heaven, and there was a thick darkness in all the land of Egypt, Three days. Do you hear that? Particular uh, uh, 
portion the, of uh, that, that I just read you from Jamesburg legend, it says that uh, on the fourth, fifth, and sixth day, the darkness, that's three days, okay? It says the storm endured seven days, but on the fourth, the fifth, and the sixth day, the darkness was so dense that they could not move from their places. So that's three days there again. Three days. It takes three days. So there is, again, confirmation. This is confirmation. Okay? There's confirmation. Also in Exodus chapter 10, uh, verse, uh, yeah, we read that, 21 and 22, if you want to take down notes. Um, okay. So, so, then, then uh, you know, these people, you know, that, uh, that wrote this, they asked and said, what kind of a massive disaster would have caused such things to ancient Egypt? And so the answer actually came from the Egyptians themselves. They said that, and they maintained steadfastly, that these periodic planetary catastrophes involved were associated with a shifting of the Earth's rotation in space. And so there was another, another Latin author, uh, Pomponius Mela, from the first century. He wrote, the, uh, he says, The Egyptians pride themselves on being the most ancient people in the world and in their authentic annals. One may read that since they have been in existence, the course of the stars have changed directions four times. And the sun has set twice in the part of the sky where it now rises. <laughs> Interesting. So, so let's keep in mind what they said here, what they have said so far. That the earth altered its axis of rotation. Okay? The earth. Okay, it's, it, uh, to an observer, it looks, you know, standing on the earth, it may seem like the sun and the stars change their direction, but in reality, it's not the stars that change direction, but the rotation of the planet itself. And I have been shown this pole shift, people. I have been shown it many years ago. I saw it. I was given a brief glimpse of it in the middle of the night. I saw the stars moving very fast. The stars were moving very fast. And then when I saw that, <clears throat> I said to myself, why are the stars moving like that so fast in the sky? This is, this is strange. But then after, right after I said that, right after I was thinking that, place where I was standing started to shake violently so violently that I had to lay hold of a rock and uh, so I wouldn't you know I, I, I just needed to get a hold of something because I was just I, I thought I was going to be thrown everywhere the shaking was so violent and so I grabbed a hold of this rock which I believe is Jesus representing Jesus I laid hold of that rock and uh, I was able to survive that. I was able to survive that. While this was going on, I saw a huge lake, which I believe it was the um, the Great Lakes, one of the Great Lakes over there in the in the northern part of the America. I saw one of those one of those lakes began to go down, and. Uh, I don't know. I mean, uh, I saw I saw it go down or disappear. One of the two. I can't remember clearly, but it it, it went down. It's it's almost like the earth sucked it. It was sucked from the earth down. Maybe like a a, a, a big crevice opened up in the bottom of the of the lake. And so, so there are many examples of the. Uh, from the Egyptian cultures and many other cultures in the world. And remember that just like I told you, just like I told you when I shared with you the, this past several weeks, 
about the story of Jesus' childhood and so forth and so on, and Joseph and Mary. I shared some things that you have never read in the Word of God. I remember, remember I told you, we're going to read some sources, apocryphal books and his, historical books and such, that uh, although they are not Bible, they are not in the Scripture, they are not biblical Scripture, okay? They, they confirm a lot of things in the Scriptures. They do not contradict Scripture. Many times confirm Scripture, and many times add additional information which enhances our understanding of what's in written in the Word of God. And this is the reason why I read. I'm, 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 I, I like to read books. I like to do research. And so there are examples, according to Egyptian uh, cultures, that the earth altered its rotation in the past. And so, there are other, other uh, things like that. Um, there is other ancient accounts recorded, uh, uh, recording strange celestial objects that appeared in the skies over, uh, over Egypt reaping havoc, chaos, misery across the land. There's this man called Pliny the Elder, a first-century savant, and he wrote, a terrible comet was seen by the people of Ethiopia and Egypt. He had a fiery appearance, stood like a coil. It was very grim to behold. It was not really a star, so much as might be called a ball of fire. It was not a fiery color, but bloody red. So, again, this is perfectly in line with um, everything that we have found out so far regarding Planet X. Okay? Okay? Now, what kind of red celestial object could this have been? Now, there have been, with this powerful telescopes, there have been people that have been able to see this object. And indeed, it, it has that appearance, a ruddy red. And it's not a ball of fire. It's, it's ruddy red. Uh, that's how it looks. And so... Another, another, uh, another Greek writing re uh, regarding this in Egypt, he wrote, there appeared a comet over Egypt, and there was a conflict between the forces of heaven and of earth. So, according to Egyptian history, it talks about a time, thousands of years ago, when the earth shifted on its axis of rotation. When this happened, it caused um, a great geological upheaval throughout the land. So the question that we need to ask ourselves is, could this uh, event that was uh, described by the Egyptians, by several Egyptians, uh, writers that left could this could this shifting of the planet and the geophysical changes to earth could these things have been caused and triggered by the passage of this red comet so again this guy the historian ancient historian Pliny PL if you want to do your own research I'm giving you the, the, the name of the elder P-L-I-N-E-Y, Pliny the Elder, described this terrible comet seen by the people of Ethiopia and Egypt. And he said it twisted like a coil in the sky. He also said, or others have interpreted it as saying that it twisted like a snake or a serpent in the sky. You remember in the book of Revelation, <clears throat> In the book of Revelation, 
it talks about such an event, doesn't it? It talks about there appear a sign in the heaven, a great dragon or a great snake. Okay? Uh, there appear in verse 3, chapter 12, there appeared another uh, wonder in heaven, uh, a great red dragon. Okay? Dragon, which can only also be interpreted, that is the word the drakon in the Greek, which also can be interpreted as serpent. Okay? A kind of a serpent. All right? Having seven heads and ten horns. All right. So, now, isn't it interesting that uh, this this object uh, has seven, or, seven orbitals? The, the, the nemesis, the brown dwarf, has seven orbitals orbiting around it. Some of them are full 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 blown planets, and some of, some of the others are moons. Total of seven. I don't know. I thought that's interesting. I'm I'm not saying that is what it is. I'm just saying it it's it's possible. It's it's interesting. And so, anyways, um, there is. Um, this, uh, the Egyptians, the Egyptians themselves, they, 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 they left several depictions of this cosmic serpent, a cosmic serpent in their literature. They, they, they many times depicted it as a flying in the sky. And so the Egyptians attributed this image of a serpent in the sky as what caused this uh, destruction that they experienced. And um, so they called it a cosmic serpent, and uh, they also called, called it a terrible comet. So in ancient civilizations also, the records that they have left and the paintings and the drawings they have left they refer to these comets as serpents in the sky. Remember that the comets leave a long tail. Remember that too. As they as they come near the sun, they it, you know it leaves a long tail. And there are many scientists that now have stated that when these uh, planet X, also called Nibiru uh, destroyer. When it gets close to the sun, and according to Marshall Master, again, this is, this is his, this came from him, not me. I'm, I'm just sharing this because he is a well-versed uh, individual, researcher in the area of Planet X. That's what he has devoted all his life to, basically. He recently came out with another book, and he... Um, he said, uh, I listened to his interview, and he said that this was his last book because there's no time to do another book on Planet X. It's here. And um, and so anyway, uh, so the question is, uh, are these comments virtually dirty snowballs like people, like scientists say? Well, Maybe maybe the majority of them are. Maybe some of them are. Maybe not. I'm no physicist. I'm no astronomer. But I can tell you one thing. This particular one that we are dealing with now, uh, which uh, is being referred to as the, the planet comet, because it's not just a comet; it's a planet. It's 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 it's, a, it's actually a dwarf sun, a a, a a a a the second sun to ours, second sun. And so <clears throat> this this particular one here that we're dealing with here, this particular one, uh, is not a cosmic dust ball. I can guarantee you that. <laughs> and so. The question is, um, 
I mean, uh, is this going to, is this, what is this going to do? And, 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 and how, how long is this going to last? And um, there's many questions about this object. And, and uh, many of the things that we are seeing happening today <coughs> are being caused by this object, his close approach to Earth. And uh, I, as I have said before, the powers that be, they do have they do have the equipment to cause a lot of havoc on the Earth with uh, scalar technology that has been uh, shared with them by the fallen angel. I call it fallen angel technology, and they have shared that with them. But when these things happen, when these things happen, precious people, what are you going to do? I mean, there's going to be no nowhere to hide. There's going to be nowhere to run. If the cattle, if the cattle continue to freeze, okay, and these things continue to happen, and floods continue to take place, and and droughts continue to ravage the earth, it's happening all over the earth. It's not just here in the United States, folks. If it was happening just here in the United States in a certain parts and certain areas only, I would. I would probably say, well, you know, it's all them. They're they're doing it, but it's not. That's not the case. It's happening all over. It's happening in Africa. It's happening in Europe. It's happening in the Middle East. It's happening in Australia and Canada. Everywhere, the whole planet is convulsing. And me thinks again. I'm no scientist. I'm no expert on this matter. And uh, my friend Stan Deo, I don't even, I'm, I'm going to bring him on the program soon, but I don't even think he, 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 he would have the answer to that. I don't even think he would have the answer to that. Uh, and his, he, I mean, if there's anyone that could have an answer to that, it's him because of his past and his knowledge and wisdom and his, his you know, he's very bright. And who who has, he has rubbed elbows with in the past, but uh, I just don't think that these people have the wherewithal to do that. I don't think I don't think that it, it takes a lot of energy. It takes an incredible amount of energy. Only energy that comes from the sun, mm-hmm. which the sun, if you've noticed, is doing incredible things. Is 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 the CMEs that is shooting forth is it's just horrific. And the reason the sun is doing these things is because this object is getting now extremely close to it. I have seen videos of this happening. When the when the sun shoots forth the uh, the CMEs, because I guess of the brightness of the CMEs, you can see the object in its path in the path of the CME, of the solar flare. That's the only reason that it can be seen. Otherwise, you would not be able to see it. And so, these things are happening and continue to happen. Uh, Like I said, all these ancient civilizations talk about serpents in the skies and... um, Today, uh, many uh, modern-day scholars have tried to, you know, poo-poo these things and dismiss them as ancient accounts, you know, of terrible comets and being just, uh, you know, mythology, you know, just baseless uh, mythology and uh, legends that are not true, fairy, fairy tales and so forth and so on. However, the ancient Egyptians... Cultures steadfastly maintain that these events actually happened. And many other cultures and civilizations as well. So, why is that then? Why did they share these things? And in the Cobrin, as I shared with you before, uh, 
and again, I'll share some of these things with you again. Um, he talks about, he says, uh, in Manuscripts 3-4, the Destroyer, Part 1, he says, man, uh, uh, Manuscript 3-1, man forget the days of the Destroyer, only the wise know where it went and that it will return in its appointed hour. It raged through the heavens in the days of wrath, and it was in, the, in its and this was its likeness. It was as a billowing cloud of smoke wrapped in the ruddy glow, not distinguishable in joint or limb. In its mouth was an abyss, from which came flame, smoke, and hot cinders. And when ages pass, certain laws operate upon the stars of heaven. Their ways change. There is movement and restlessness, restlessness, and there are no longer a great light up ready, uh, and 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 they are no longer constant. And a great light appears ready, redly in the skies. When blood drops upon the earth, the destroyer will appear. Mountains will open up and belch forth fire and ashes. Trees will be destroyed, and all living things engulfed. Waters will be swallowed up by the land, and seas will boil. The heavens will burn brightly and redly. Isn't that what the scripture says? The heavens will burn. Isn't that what Peter says in First Peter? The heavens will burn. The firmament will burn. That's what, that, that's what Peter says. Um, I mean, you know, I mean, people don't want to believe such things, but it is, it is in the, it is in the scriptures, folks. It is in the word of God, even in the word of God, it is talks about these things. Uh, and, uh, you know, uh, again, I'm just sharing with you some things. You don't want to believe it. That's fine, but I'm sharing some things with you uh, that I believe are about getting ready to happen. I don't know when, uh, but uh, it will happen, folks. And so anyway, uh, let me continue because time is a ticket, and I only got a few more moments here. And so... And then in another part here, in manuscript chapters, chapter 6, in the Colbrin, again, this is a compilation of the, of the Egyptian uh, manuscripts, okay? The records. It talks about the slaves of Egypt. Manuscript 624. It, it describes the Exodus exactly the way we read it in our Bible. The slaves spared by the destroyer left the accursed land Forthwith, their multitude moved in the gloom of a half-dawn under a mantle of fine, swirling gray ash, leaving the burnt fields and shattered cities behind them. Many Egyptians attached themselves to the host. Isn't that what the scripture says? For one who was great led them forth, a great prince of the inner courtyard. He's re they're referring to Moses because he came from Egypt. Remember that? A priest prince. They even they, they don't call him by name. They don't call him by Mo like Moses, but they call him a great prince of the inner courtyard. And then he says, fire mounted up on high and is burning left with the enemies of Egypt. He rose up from the ground as a fountain and hung up as a curtain in the sky. In seven days, by Remoir, the accursed ones, the Egyptians called <laughs> the Jews, the, the, the Israelites, led by Moses, the accursed ones, journeyed to the waters, that's the Red Sea. They crossed, they crossed the heaving wilderness while the hills melted around them. Above the skies were torn with lightning. They were sped by terror. But their feet became entangled in the land and in the wilderness, shut them in. They knew not the way, 
for no sign was constant before them. Anyway, and then he goes on to talk about uh, when they came to, uh, they were stopped at, at Sokov. Sokov. I mean, it tells you everything. And uh, northward of Mara, that's right there, the bitter waters of Mara. Remember? All the scriptures, it confirms everything that is written in the word of God, the Cobling. Well, I'm going to stop there, folks. We're going to have to pick it up next time. But I'm going to leave you with this question. Having heard these things, and there are a lot more here. There's a lot more we'll be sharing next time. Having heard some of these things, when these events begin to happen, do you think that any kind of preparation is going to be, you know, physical and mental? It's going to be uh, enough to take you through this? I would say that it's going to take the Almighty God to bring us through this. He's the only one. And whether he chooses to leave us here to go through this and protect us or remove us from here when the time comes, that's in his hands. But as long as we are his, we will be in good hands, protected. May God bless you. Until next time, this is Augusto Perez with messages from Beyond the Veil as we go through the School of the Holy Spirit. God bless. Shalom.